Welcome to season four of the I'm Still Standing podcast. Hey y'all, how are you doing? Wow, things have changed since our last season of the I'm Still Standing podcast. So much has changed. The world is different. So different. We have COVID-19, stay-at-home orders, sickness. Some of us have even lost loved ones to this virus. I personally know quite a few people who have lost parents, lost husbands. There's no school or programs for the kids, which is so rough for us parents. And some of us may have even lost our jobs and our businesses. And if not, you're working at home. So this is just a drastic change. And um, when this all started, I was in all all honesty, like I was really lost. Like I felt very lost. I felt very out of place, which I'm sure many of you may have felt the same. And I kept asking the Lord, why is this happening? What do we need to focus on in this season? And how long will this last? How will we keep our sanity during the season, like while trying to remain safe and isolated and socially, I sorry, physically isolated. Um, I asked, I was asking the Lord a lot of questions, but at the same time, there was a lot of movement around me because no one could go out. I, if you guys probably know, I do live in a family home with my husband, my three-year-old daughter, my brother, my mother, and we have tenants. So there was a lot of people in the house and a lot going on, very busy house. So it was really, and with my husband home and not being, me not being able to go out to get time alone, it was just hectic. It was hectic. So when I was asking the Lord all of this, um, I wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't hearing anything, but to be honest, I wasn't carving out room to sit and listen to him either, you know? my daughter's preschool program got canceled so the program she would go to almost every day was canceled so she was at home on a hundred like literally energy like a bunny rabbit every single day she still is because we're still on um physical distancing orders so it's 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 challenging but one day i um snuck (laughs) snuck upstairs you know after my shower and stayed upstairs, kind of, kind of hit a bit, and I continued to pray and I asked the Lord to show me what's going on. I can't remember my exact words, but it was in asking Him what's going on, and the Lord showed me. He showed me what is going on through Scripture in a way that I've never never experienced before he asked me to read the book of joel and the funny thing is when he asked me to read the book of joel it was such a subtle such a still small voice like it was so quiet all i heard was the book of joel or i think just joel and i almost dismissed it because you know but i figured what's wrong with reading the what's wrong with reading the book of joel can't do me any harm So I opened up the book of Joel and um, the Lord made the scripture come so alive. I ended up seeing, 
I, I have never experienced this. I'm not exactly sure what this vision would be called because it's like the literally what I was reading, I could see in picture. Like it was, it was a supernatural experience for sure. Um, so I want us to go through what the Lord revealed to me. I want us to start this season off, uh, the first two episodes with planting our feet on solid ground, knowing where we are right now in the body of Christ and knowing how we can move forward together. This season, as I mentioned in the preview, is going to be more about, you know, not that it wasn't before, but it's gonna lean more towards discipleship and edifying the body of Christ through the word and through um, more guests who are leaders in the body of Christ and who can mentor us, who can mentor us via the podcast. This is going to be an episode where we look at scripture together in a, a very deep way. It's different for us, but I believe it's very, very necessary. This is not the season to lay back. It's a season where we have to strategize and take the position God has assigned for us. So let's start with Joel chapter one. If you have your Bibles, that is great. If you don't, you can listen and read the book of Joel afterwards. Um, I'm reading from the NIV version. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders. Listen, all who live in the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. A nation has invaded my land, a mighty army without number. It has teeth as of a lion the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vines and ruined my fig trees. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it away, leaving their branches white. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the, for the betrothed of her youth. Grain offerings and drink offerings are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests are in mourning, those who minister before the Lord. The fields are ruined, the ground is dried up, the grain is destroyed, the new wine is dried up, the olive oil fails. Despair, you farmers, wail, you vine growers. Grieve for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field is destroyed. The vine is dried up and the fig tree is withered. The pomegranate and palm and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are dried up. Surely the people's joy is withered away. Put on sackcloth, you priests, and mourn. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, you who minister before my God. For the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for the day, sorry, alas for that day. For the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Has not the food been cut off before your very eyes? Joy and, gla uh, joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. 
The storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down. The grain has dried up. How the cattle moan. The herds mill about because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep are suffering. To you, Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up and fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness. In summary, chapter one tells us that there will be an invasion of locusts that there will be destruction, that all the things people depended on, farming, wineries, the storehouses, are useless. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. It sounds like what we're experiencing now, everything that we are used to, our jobs, our way of living, even grocery shopping, things have completely changed, completely changed. It talks about the ministers of the Lord being like sad, no more joy and gladness. The joy and gladness from the house of our God is gone. You know, it sounds very familiar to what we're going through right now, specifically verses 13 and 14. This is the message, um, the message translation. I want you to listen to this very closely, especially if you are a leader and also you priests put on your robes and join the outcry. You who lead people in worship, lead them in lament. Spend the night dressed in gunny sacks. You servants of my God, nothing's going on in the place of worship. No offerings, no prayers, nothing. Declare a holy fast. Call a special meeting. Get the leaders together. Round up everyone in the country. Get them into God's sanctuary for serious prayer to God. This scripture explicitly tells us that no worship services or church services in our time is happening as usual. This is exactly what we're experiencing. We are called to lament in this season. And to be honest, before this encounter with the Lord and encounter with this scripture, I, if I'm honest, I wasn't really like shaken by what was going on, just you know, it was it was happening, but I wasn't really scared. I wasn't really shaken by it. Um, but the Lord opened my eyes through this scripture to the magnitude of what was happening and to my responsibility as a leader. And I had a new, I developed a new fear of the Lord, but it was a fear that he exposed. It's something he exposed me to. It was through the fear of the Lord through revelation. Okay, let's move on to Joel chapter two. And feel free to pause this at any time. I'm not gonna read all of Joel chapter two. I'm just gonna read a few verses um, because you know I don't wanna just read the whole, the whole book to you, but I strongly encourage you to read it afterwards and to ask the Lord to reveal anything that needs to be revealed to you in this season. So, in Joel chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. Something that um, also I forgot to mention in chapter 1 is that the Lord encouraged the leaders to 
call a holy fast and get the leaders together. And that is definitely something I've been hearing from my pastor, from, you know, other leaders in the body of Christ, that we are to be fasting and coming together. And I see a lot of that. I see a lot of, I've been being a part of a lot of meetings, prayer meetings, fasting as group, large groups. So um, let's jump to chapter two, verses 12 to 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Um, as my pastor, Pastor Brendan Witten, has been saying recently, saying a lot recently, the time for Christianity light is done. It's up. And the funny thing is he's been saying this like leading up to this whole season, this whole COVID and this whole um, shaking season. He's been saying it a lot. And it's so true. The time for Christianity light is done. Diluted, lukewarm faith is not going to cut it anymore. Like if you haven't realized, it's not going to work. The appearance of holiness is not enough. Church attendance is not going to save you. We're not even attending church anymore. Like we're attending online, but you have to have a relationship with your creator, the God of the angel armies of your own. You like, this is not the time to be playing around. This is not the time to be playing around. You cannot have a relationship with God through your pastor, through a prophet, through your family members. It's time to make Jesus the Lord of our lives in a very real way, day to day to day. Chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. I'm going to read 17 and 18 um, and also 28 to 32. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit. And this is 28 to 32. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. You can see that at the end of Joel 2, the season starts to shift. After the season of repentance and turning back to God, there is grain, there is new wine, there is there is olive oil to satisfy us fully. Joel chapter 3 is the final season in the book of, final season, final chapter in the book of Joel. And I really believe that this, um, this chapter speaks of what is to come. 
a great harvest. Right now, the elders, ministers, worship leaders are repenting on behalf of the people, repenting on behalf of our nations, on behalf of the world, and people are turning back to God. They are. I'm hearing of all types of supernatural stories, all types of stories of people reaching out and asking about Jesus, recommitting their lives to God. So naturally, this would cause there to be a harvest to reap. Joel 3, 13 to 14 says, Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Prepare for the harvest. If you have been sitting on God's directions, act now. I implore you to act now. That book that God has asked you to write, write it. That ministry that God has asked you to start, start it. That album, release it. This is the season. The world needs your voice. The world needs you. Use this time to prepare. Pray for strategy from heaven to move effectively and efficiently and in the perfect will of God. The harvest is plenty. Do not let the laborers be few. Stand tall. Stand tall.